Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. What's your favorite scary movie? A dark, scary night, kind of like tonight. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Good evening, horror fans. You're here with a brand new episode of Slasher Studios Horror Podcast. Uh, we got a pretty big show tonight. We're going to be talking about the Blair Witch Project, um, the entire franchise, all three movies, giving us, um, giving you guys kind of our thoughts on them and like kind of a little bit of the history behind them and the history that we have behind the movies. So I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. I am just kind of watching some bad movies and hanging out. That's about it. Anything good, bad? Oh, they're all good, bad. I mean, I'm I'm watching some, some early 90s slasher movies such as, like, Bikini Island and Last Dance, which are basically the same movie, only one is five girls competing for the cover of Swimwear Illustrated and getting killed one by one, and the other is five girls competing for Miss Dance TV and getting killed one by one. However, Bikini Island is a very strange movie because it seemed to be funded by this magazine called Swimwear Illustrated, and that's the magazine they're shooting for as like this very bizarre advertising attempt, which makes no sense because it's basically girls being murdered to be on the cover. <laughs> like, why would you? Like, it just, I, I just would love to see what was that like production meeting being like, they're giving us all this money. They don't really show the magazine in the best light because you've got like the editor trying to bang all the models and everybody's creepy and weird. And it's it's hysterical though. Well, and I'm sure like... <laughs> I mean, if if I had to guess kind of how that pitch meeting went, like they probably, you know, went to the company or the company went to them and be like, okay, well, what do the girls look like that we got for your movie? And then they showed them and be like, okay, yeah, like do it, whatever. Like they're hot. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were, they were gorgeous girls. Um, uh, they didn't really do a whole lot afterwards. In fact, out of both movies, the only one that really kind of succeeded in the acting business is Elaine Hendricks from Last Dance, who is Evian in Superstar, totally underrated movie. And she's also um, the the possible wicked stepmother in the Parent Trap remake. Yeah, and also um, one of the bitchy girls in Romy Michelle. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep forgot about that i don't know how i forgot about that but i did <laughs> yeah it's just it's really funny like you know she knew she had that face and she really worked it um with those roles because you just look at her and you're just like oh like she's pissed off about something yeah which is funny because like i follow her on twitter and in real life she is this giant like adorable animal activist who's always just like responding to the fans and stuff like that so you know, it's definitely like like the girl that plays Brooke on Scream. Um, when I met her in real life, I was like, you are such an adorably soft-spoken little hippie. 
Like, you're nothing like Brooke, and that makes me like you so much more. Yeah, I remember um, in one episode of Parks and Recreation, uh, Christy Masters from our mom's like, she's like, I play like this cute little housewife. And I'm like, I hate you. Like, like, I can't, like, I just can't see you in any other light. Like, I'm sorry. You might be like the nicest person in the world, but you'll always kind of be Christy Masters to me. Oh, exactly. And like, the the funny thing is, is uh, I've seen her in a lot of other movies. She was... Uh, God, I believe she was in uh, the TV movie Stephen King's Road Red, or Rose Red. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, and then um, what was the big one that I remember seeing her in? Uh, oh, I think she was um, she was John Lithgow's wife in this Dexter season he was in. She was like the the, the scared of him wife. And I was just like, do not be scared of him. Do not be scared of him. You are a Christy master. That <laughs> <laughs> is too funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, some actors are just so good with one particular role that, you know, that's just kind of all you see them in. And, you know, it's a shame, you know, sometimes they typecast. I mean, sometimes, you know, with a lot of actors, you know, they really kind of use that towards their, their benefit. At least I think after a while, they're just like, well, hey, like, I like acting. And if this is the work that I can get, like, I might as well just do it. So, you know, have fun with it. I know. I'll never understand really um, actors who are like, oh, I don't want to be typecast. I want to be like something else. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you want to be typecast? I mean, that would be awesome. I would love it because you would work steadily. Yeah, I don't really get that either. I mean, the only thing that I can kind of get is, like, maybe, you know, if you're in, like, a super popular, like, TV show, like, Friends. Like, I would imagine, like, after a while, you're just kind of like, well, I'm, like, I'm getting paid and I'm getting paid really well, but, like, I kind of want to do other things. But, I mean, at the same time, yeah, I mean, they're – are million, literally millions of actors that would just, I mean, they would kill to be in that situation. So, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> can't really frankly, I mean, the only, the only two from Friends that succeeded in changing up their acting roles was Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow, because everybody else has played the same role over and over, over and over for eternity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you can get it, you know, more power to you. But, yeah, I think that some of them, yeah, it's just very hard for them to kind of break their way out of that. I think that it also kind of shows, like, the limitation. I mean, you might be really good for one role, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily great for all of them. So, I mean, what are you going to do at the end of the day? You guys, you just kind of have to, to take with the take what's given to you and hopefully you know it's going to be a, a success so you know more power to them yeah uh exactly. so have you watched I mean, any- like- oh go ahead oh i have oh i was just going to say um you know if you listen to like any interviews with amy Steele, she says her one biggest regret is turning down friday the 13th part three for fears that she would be the horror girl she's like man i should have just ran with it <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, that's one of those things, too, where, you know, we can bitch about, like, the, oh, well, they should have done this. Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, you never really know what's going to happen. And maybe if she had done that, 
there would have been this other big opportunity that she would have loved that she would have had to have skipped out on. You know, it's just, it, acting is so much chance and just really being in the right place at the right time more than anything. And yeah, I mean, she at least got one really good movie and you know, who knows where the franchise would have become, you know, how, how it would have been different. You know, I would have loved to have seen her back, but at the same time, like, you know, at least she, she got one of the best ones. Uh, you know, you can't really complain. Exactly. I mean, she's, she seems perfectly happy, but yeah, I mean, everyone's always like, Oh, they should have, like you said, they should have done that. They should have done this. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I mean, you're right. She could have ended up being like called back for some giant movie and they were just like, Oh, can't she's doing Friday the 13th part three. I mean, you just, it's a crapshoot. They're just basically trying to survive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what new ones have you watched? I know that we've both seen Blair Witch, so we're going to get to that later. Uh, what else have you seen? I have seen three movies that I have not seen before. Um, one, it's Vinegar Syndrome's release of 1985's Evils of the Night. Um, it's a very strange film. It's John Carradine, uh, Tina Louise from Gilligan's Island, and Julie Newmar as evil vampire aliens who need to suck the blood from horny young adults. And the only like teenage quote teenager cast member that I've seen before is Carrie Emerson, who was Russell Todd's girlfriend in shopping mall. And this, Oh, this movie. (laughs) It is a treat. So that shit weird and crazy. I mean, it's it's terrible. It's got a two point nine out of ten on IMDb if that tells you anything. But I just it was really entertaining. It was bad entertaining, but it was really entertaining. Yeah, and sometimes with movies like that, I mean, if they hit you right at the right time, they're just absolutely perfect. I know that you know there's other ones too where you know, there's been other, like, bad, you know, bad, fun horror movies. I'm just like, oh, like, I, I wish I would have watched it a different time. Like, I don't think that I was in the mood for it, and I'm. it's kind of ruined now. So, you know, those kind of movies are very, they're very difficult because you never kind of know what you're going to get into them. But, yeah, when they're when they're fun bad and then when they're entertaining bad, you know, that's just kind of like the, the icing on top of the cake. Exactly. I mean, it's it's super cheesy, but it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I will definitely have to check that out. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. So uh, what else have you seen? I saw 2008's The Burrowers, which is kind of a monster movie set in the wild, wild west with like Clancy Brown and Jocelyn Donahue. And uh, who else is in it? Laura Layton from Melrose Place but that's my own personal <laughs> guilty pleasure. But yeah, I mean, it was a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Like um, it's way better than I was expecting it to be. It's very creepy. And there's the, the monsters are very unsettling. I mean, they're played by contortionists. So they've got that weird movement. And I, it, it was a, it was a very pleasant surprise. I liked it. It's slow moving, but I mean, it didn't bother me too much. 
Yeah, I remember when this one came out at Family Video. I never really got around to renting it just because I looked at the cover and I'm like, uh, like a Western horror movie. Like, this is going to be boring. This isn't going to be entertaining. But yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it. I mean, most of the stuff that I've heard, I've been like, yeah, you know, you should check it out. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, but for whatever reason, like, I just... I don't think that, like, I was just like, I'm just kind of, you know, maybe someday. But, yeah, I'm glad that you liked it. So I'll have to move that up on the list. Yeah, it's 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 great. Oh. I had I had a, a lot of fun with it. Dylan liked it, too, but he uh, he ended up having the – he fell asleep. But not because the movie was bad, <laughs> just because it was late when we started it. And the, the last one is a, a new release. Um, it is called Tell Me How I Die. Now, basically, aside from, I want to say, I think it's a YouTube star and (laughs) some kid from iCarly, (laughs) it's bad. I mean, it's really bad. It's, It's a group of college students go and take, like, a clinical drug trial, and all of a sudden, like... The, the big side effect is they get to see how each other dies or how they die. And the lead girl is seeing everything. And it's, it's very mm, underwhelming. Yeah. I was going to say like that, the premise in and of itself is not a bad one. Like that sounds intriguing. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, too bad. The follow through. I mean, it's just, it's, it's cheap and, I, I I wanted to like it more than I did. <laughs> like it was just disappointing because they had such an interesting premise, and it was just uh, it was cheap. <laughs> and it was just well, a that's cheap horror <laughs> Yeah. Now, would you exactly. say like if this? Is, would you say that this is a movie that, like, is it avoided at all costs, or is it worth checking out for free, like, on Netflix or streaming? I, uh, like, where would you kind of draw the if, line? You know, if it's on Netflix for free, watch it. I mean, maybe I was just overtly harsh on it. Um, I just, I, I think mostly I was more disappointed in the fact that they had a really cool premise, but I mean, it's not like that premise hasn't been done before. Uh, they had the, the facility, which is the same kind of thing where it's a clinical drug trial that goes wrong. I mean, that in there is just a really good kind of setup for any horror movie. It's just, you have to be able to follow through besides the setup. Right, for sure. I mean, it even has, you know, granted it's not the exact same plot, but I mean, it definitely has, you know, kind of touches of um, almost like flatliners to the plot, too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but that's too bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll probably check it out maybe someday, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, yeah, you kind of, everything that... It, it's it's almost like one of those things where when somebody can't like point at like at like a, this is what's so bad about it, it's like oh great, then it's kind of just the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just for me. It, for me, it was the the biggest disappointment. It was a wasted opportunity. So yeah, well that's depressing. 
Um, yeah, um, a couple of recommendations at least uh, to check out for the listeners, and I'll have to add them to my list as well. So this week we're going to be talking about the Blair Witch uh, franchise, uh, the three movies. Um, the new one just came up this last weekend. I know it's kind of become this uh, polarizing film online. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll, we'll kind of jump right into the first one. Uh, so, Andrew, what are what's your kind of history? Because, I mean, we were both, you know, late teens when the first one came out. Uh, like, what 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 are kind of your some of your, like, rec- recollections of, like, what you were kind of going into the original one with? And just kind of describe what, like, the atmosphere was like. Because I know, like, for a lot of listeners, uh, especially, like, people that may have seen um, the new one, you know, young, they may not have even been alive when the first one came out. Either that or they were very, very, very young to the point where, like, they don't really even remember kind of the the phenomenon that it started. So why don't you kind of jump right in? Um, I remember a lot of it. I mean, I worked at a movie theater uh, for a few years before it came out. So I, I was, I was well aware of like the kind of rumblings about it and how scary it was. And it was the sort of the internet and I did follow dark horizons.com. And they, they talked about it. And I believe my, I had a subscription to Fangoria and they talked about it. And, I was on the website a lot, and I have the book. I still have the dossier, actually. It's right here in my hands. It's very old, but I still have it. Yeah, I have mine, too. That's so too funny. I, was, I, was, I even have the one for Blair Witch, too. It was kind of composed the same way, but, I mean, I was so into it. Then I saw the movie, and, you know, I saw it opening night, packed house, with a lot of people bitching and moaning about how it's boring and there was somebody that threw up in the back of the theater very loudly and I was I was kind of let down because I was just kind of like really and then I watched it on home video when it got released a few months later and that's when the effectiveness hit me I feel like a lot of these found footage movies are much better on tv screens in your like when they're projected on the big screen it's it's too much. Whereas when it's on the small screen, it feels more real. And that one felt very real. I mean, it was very creepy and there was just something like off kilter about it. And yes, Heather got a little shrill, but you know what? That's what could very well happen in that situation. I mean, they barely slept, they barely ate, and they were terrorized every night for like eight days. I would start getting really shrill too. So I wasn't, I wasn't mad at it. It's just, I, and then I feel like a lot of the like average going, a lot of them didn't get how scary it was because there's no score. There's no like jump scares. I mean, if you look at a lot of these like movies that the critics deem the scariest movie of all time, like Blair Witch Project or It Follows or The Witch, your average like Joe Blow moviegoer is just going to be like, it was boring. I didn't like it. It was dumb. So, I mean, and then of course, anytime anything is, is popular and like such a big part of the cultural lexicon such as Blair Witch Project with the glowing reviews and how everybody was saying it was so scary that the backlash was inevitable 
and the backlash oh, came for sure. quick. <laughs> I think that was probably the first instant, like instance of, you know, the internet turning on a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I remember all of that as well. Uh, I also saw it opening weekend, or at least opening weekend. You know, I know that, you know, they went really small and they gradually kind of panned it out from there. Um, I think that I, our theater got it the first weekend. It went wide. If it wasn't the first weekend, it was like the second weekend. And I don't know if I can accurately describe how how strange it was, and I don't know if you kind of noticed this too, but, you know, I, I'd gone to many movies as a teenager, and just kind of seeing like this, you know, found footage before any of us knew that that was a genre in and of itself, but, you know, this was, you know, recorded, you know, on a handy cam, and it was so weird seeing a movie in full screen on a movie theater that was like a complete, you know, perfect square. I just, I, I can't even like describe to people out there that have never kind of experienced that. I'm just like, this is so weird. Like that, you know, this is kind of how the movie's framed and the movie, it won me over right away. I'd been reading about it for a long time. I knew, you know, a lot of the buzz when, you know, it was bought for, at Sundance. Uh, from uh, Artisan bought it at Sundance. It, you know, got rave reviews there. And this is kind of like the, the movie, the horror movie that really kind of came out of nowhere to the point where it wasn't just horror websites that were kind of picking up on that. It was a little bit of everything. You know, this was, you know, you even like Scream, that was a huge hit. Blair Witch was on the cover of, like, Newsweek and Time Magazine and, you know, I had the documentary on sci-fi and it just became this phenomenon in and of itself. And you're right. I think that they really realized the fact that the, the public kind of turned on the movie kind of right away to the point where this movie opens limited in July. It went wide in August and it was already out on video in October. I, you know, they definitely wanted to kind of jump on that Halloween buzz, but at the same time, I think they really realized also the the word of mouth isn't really great on this, and it's not going to last very long in theaters, so we might as well jump on the video release as soon as possible, and that's something that's done way more now. You know, now two months seems really quick, and it is quick. In 99, two months from theater to video that was insane. That was never, ever, ever heard of. Well, and to be to be fair, I mean, they were able to move onto video and DVD so quickly because they didn't have a lot of formatting to do. I mean, they used to have to cut down the widescreen movies and make them uh, 4.3 to fit the, the picture tube TVs, and Blair Witch didn't have to do that because it was already filmed that way. So that just made the transition even quicker. I mean, nowadays everything's filmed digitally, so it's it it can just get shot out right out. Boom, boom, boom. Thank God for that, because I hated the wait. Yeah, I did not like the wait either. You know, it kind of made me appreciate them a little bit more, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I want to watch it again now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I the Flavorch Project. We're not really going to go into the plot so much because I think that everyone pretty much knows, you know, oh, it's a group of three filmmakers. They're making this documentary on the woods. 
it's on footage, creepy stuff starts happening, you know, it's, it is what it is, and people know the plot, it's either going to work for you, it's not going to work for you, there's not much in between, it's always kind of worked for me, I think that over the years, it's lost a little bit of its impact, I think it might just have to do with all of the copycat imitators, but at the same time, I think that if anything, that makes me appreciate it more, uh, at the same time, I have to say too, though, that because this movie, it's a very, it's a very harsh movie, and I don't mean that as being like unsettling or anything, but just it's, it's a very raw movie and very rough around the edges. And I mean, granted, you do not not want a movie like this to be you know overly polished, but because of those reasons as well, I'll usually check this out maybe once every two or three years, and I'll be like, yeah, I still think this is really creepy, and and I enjoy it for what it is, but. This is definitely not a movie that I'm like, yeah, let's watch that again. Mm-hmm. And the 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 I feel like um what you said the the polish is what hurts the new one is because it is very slick. I mean, yes, the the advancements in cameras definitely helped that, but I was just kind of like that lead girl was too pretty through most of the movie and everybody still looked really good. And like, it was just, I just wanted to be like, no, no. <laughs> and it just, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff in the new one where I was just kind of like the drone. It, it, it made for a couple of cool shots, but I was like, what was really the purpose of it besides a few cool shots? It just the the new one didn't have the the rawness because I feel like with the new one they didn't the actors didn't go through what the actors in the original did. I believe that they did their filming and then like went back to a really nice hotel and they had hair and makeup and stuff like that. So that really did take me out at least in the beginning. But you know, once again it works or it doesn't work. And, you know, that still kind of worked because there was some creepy stuff that they threw at you, especially the last 45 minutes. I was totally on board, but yeah. It... Sorry, tangent. So the original, oh, what? No, um, we, can, we can get into the, the, the third one or the, the new one and then just a little bit and then I'll kind of give my thoughts on it. But uh, so the first one out of five, uh, we'll do like, Flare creepy stick figures. How many would you get the first one? Oh, that's a that's a four out of five. I mean, it was it was it was kind of shot out of nowhere, but I do kind of feel like the hype did kill it for a lot of people. Whereas for me, once I saw it on home video by myself in my parents' house, that's when it got really creepy because see, that's why for me the movies like The Blair Witch and the first paranormal activity worked is because it was the fear of the unknown. You don't know what's going on. And that kind of stuff really gets under my skin as opposed to the over explanation that you have with a lot of movies nowadays. Like give me like a dark screen with creepy noises and you don't know what it is. And the characters don't know what it is. And that'll just make my mind play tricks on me. And I will say that for all three movies, they all they all have their pros and their cons on what works and what doesn't work. 
The one thing I'll give this franchise is that they're all ambiguous in their own way. And I'm really glad for that, especially for how different these movies are, that none of them have kind of this ending. It's like, this is what happened. This is what you saw. This is what, you know, there wasn't that kind of, you know, that over, you know, analyze of what had happened. You know, there's all these theories on the new one online right now. And it's like, oh, well, that's really interesting. I didn't see it that way, but... Uh, I, I think that that's really kind of where where this franchise really works, and that's also I think that that's also where this franchise loses people too, because people want you know they want kind of that. This is what happened. This is why it happened, and this is how it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's it's disappointing because like I mean, not only the first one was a huge success, but then Book of Shadows was not, even though I do feel it is very unfairly criticized. I mean, had we got the director's original think that the general movie-going public would have embraced it, but I feel like the horror fans who are now kind of coming around to it would have embraced it because as I watched it with Dylan a couple of nights ago, I was like, God, a lot of this stuff is really, like, he kept, he had never seen it, so he kept going, what the fuck? Like what he's like, it's just like they're on this bad acid trip and you just don't know what's going on, but I like it because you don't know what's going on. So I kind of wish that we could have had the original um, version of it, but at the same time, it kind of sucks that both book of shadows and this new one are not raking in the money because with the backstory they built for the Blair witch project, we could have an endless supply like this interesting like straight to video series or like a tv series because you can go in so many different directions especially with kind of the mythology the new one set up where it's you know if you you spend the night in the the woods that's when it happens but there's a guy that's like oh i went there during the day and nothing happened and i didn't get marked by the witch and the other people are like, well, maybe you did. You just don't know it. You're back. I mean, there could have been this whole, like, the whole, like, t- like a Twin Peaks vibe of that town going on. But it's just a shame that Lionsgate's not going to take any chances with it anymore because, I mean, the the, the mythology and the story is so deep. I mean, the movie is barely scratched on a lot of the stuff they built up. I mean, they mention it very quickly, but... I mean, we're talking books that are were written just for the movie, and that's the the most uh, fascinating thing about the whole thing for me is the very intricate backstory they concocted for the Blair Witch Project, and I love that. Oh, so do I. I think it's so rich in mythology. Like, there's just so much that they could do with these premise and each one kind of builds another layer on top of it without really kind of taking anything away either. Uh, I, I think for the second one, I've really, I've been all over the map with the second one and that kind of really describes the movie itself too. Uh, the movie starts out very much as almost like this dark comedy satire of the, Oh, well look what this movie did to this town. And it's, it's, like the first like 10 minutes, like legitimately funny. And it's just, it's very strange because then the movie kind of takes a U-turn and it becomes very, very, very dark. Uh, 
there's some stuff that really works. And I think the stuff that works is more of the subtle stuff where, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on as opposed to kind of, you know, the, the studio interference. You can tell where the studio interference is. Uh, the flashbacks feel very out of place. Maybe if we had gotten, like, them at the beginning and maybe at the end, it would have worked. But you can tell that they're kind of there to serve the purpose of the, oh, well, there's been a lot of stuff cut, so we need to explain what's going on. And that really never works for a movie. I, I can't even think of one example where that does work because usually, yeah, you're kind of patching up these these gaps in the story where there should be stuff that we're seeing, but, you know, you kind of have to take like, oh, well, you know, yeah, there was like 10 minutes of footage here, but unfortunately that's all been cut. So we're just going to do some, you know, quick edits and, you know, show some like random, you know, body parts and stuff like that to just kind of, you know, cut in between. And it's, it's very jarring. And I, I completely agree with you. I think if we got a director's cut, that was just a little bit more subtle. I think that this movie is so, I, I appreciate the effort and I appreciate the attempt to do something completely different. But at the same time, you know, you have this very kind of heavy rock soundtrack that really kind of takes you this out of it. And you be, cut. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels so out of place, like so completely out of place. And you have these actors that are very likable, but at the same time, they're very, they're very one-note characters, and that's not a slam against their performances at all. I think they do what they can, but, you know, okay, well, you know, you have the Wiccan girl, and you have the goth girl, and, you know, you have the, the couple, and there's, there, there's a scene involving the couple that I think it, it plays to, I, I, I don't want to give it away for those people that are planning on checking it out, but there's, there's a scene involving the couple, especially um, the, the girl that plays very, too mean-spirited for the rest of the film. Uh, I don't like that scene at all. I definitely, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of something that was added because it feels very out of place, something that happens to her. I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But the movie itself, I would say if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, be aware that this is not kind of the director's approved version. If anything, uh, check it out on DVD because the commentary is very good. It's, it's very actually sad because you kind of hear what the movie could have been. Uh, the other kind of cool thing about this DVD is that I don't know if any other movies did it, but uh, for those of you guys who own it on DVD, uh, the DVD is on one side and the soundtrack is actually on the other. It's a DVD CD combo. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't really care for the soundtrack that much, but that was such an interesting I wish they would have done that more. Like, that's that's very cool. I think that maybe, if, unfortunately, when DVDs started to become really popular was kind of when CDs were kind of dying. I think that maybe if the DVD trend had, had started maybe five years earlier, we probably would have gotten more of those. But it was kind of cool. Like, I'm I'm glad that they kind of tried something with that. You know, it's, you know, more bang for the buck, I guess. Yep. I... I... I agree with you. I kind of love that they included the soundtrack. Like, um, I know you weren't that big of a fan of the score, but I kind of like the score because once much like the movie, it is so out in left field. And as far as like, as you were saying about, uh, the, the couple, I believe that was always in the movie. Um, I think that was part of the, the director's intention. Um, 
the the only stuff that was added was the insane asylum stuff and then the murders that they hint at that they probably did but then they had to go and show it and i will say one of the biggest like faux pas they have is they kind of cut these interrogation scenes that were all supposed to be at the end throughout the movie so right away you're kind of just like well i know nothing's going to happen to that character that character that character that character because they're all there like it kind of takes away a lot of the suspense on what's going to happen but well and it doesn't help either the fact that the guy interrogating him is really, really, really awful. Really bad. Uh, I, I like over-the-top acting. But, I mean, we're talking screeching, loud, screaming, bad Southern drawl acting. Yep. I, that's exactly what I was going to go with. I was going to be like, for some reason, he's got this very bad Southern accent when they're up in Maryland. So, what the hell? <laughs> like. Yeah, he's completely out of place. Like, I, I maybe I would have bought, like, somebody like that, you know, in, like, a Rob Zombie movie, but here it doesn't work at all. <laughs> no. No, they should have they should have went with somebody else, but... So, Blair Witch 2 out of 5, um, the, the regular cuts, uh, what would you give it? Um, I'm going to go with a 3 out of 5, just because of how ambitious they were with not recreating another found footage movie. Cause they easily could have done that. Yeah. And I'm right below you. I'm at like a two and a half out of five. I, I appreciate it more than I like it, but every time that I watch it, which isn't, isn't regularly, but I do um, put it on occasion. There are, there are certain moments and I'm like, that's really clever. I kind of wish we would have gotten more of that, but it's it's very rough around the edges, but the stuff that works works really really well. Now we've got the new one. Yeah, so the new one. Um, I went into this one. I wasn't even expecting to see it in theaters at least right away. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh hey, we're going. Um, so I'm like, okay, well let's go. Uh, so I, I, I'm kind of on this kick right now where. Going into every horror movie, what I've been doing is I've been reading the worst reviews possible because I feel like if I have that ingrained in my mind that any kind of movie-going experience is going to be better than whatever this specific critic saw in this. Uh, I don't know. It worked for this movie because I really liked it. Um, But here's the thing with Blair Witch, the new one. Uh, I'm I'm willing to go on the on the ledge and say that I loved it because I really did. But at the same time, I'm also I'll be the first to admit that there's a lot of stuff about this movie that people aren't going to really like. Um, it's very loud and it's very jumpy. And if you're kind of going for the subtle atmosphere of the first one or the originality of the first one, you're not going to get it here. Uh, I think that what I like most about the new one is that literally, for better or worse, if they had married Blair Witch Project, the original, in 2016, this is the movie we would have got. Uh, that's either going to be kind of, uh, you know, a praise for you or a, um, a kind of a con if you're going to go into it. But 
uh, that worked for me, and I, I really enjoyed it. I liked spending time with these characters. I thought they were fun, and there's kind of this new mythology surrounding this movie that I just, I kind of just bought right into it. I just, you know, I just, I jumped right into this movie, and it, the characters kind of won me over. I, I completely agree with you with what you said, though, um, especially the lead couple. They're just, they're, they're a little just too pretty, um, unfortunately, uh, that where I just didn't quite buy them. It didn't really matter, though, because especially like what she had said, the last act of this movie, like, I don't, I can't remember taking like a breath. Like, it was just like, it was just bam, 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 bam. And this movie kind of ends. What I really liked about this movie, um, without giving away the ending, is that it ends with kind of a, an homage to the original but the very ending, it's played out as believable. Like, I, I believed what, what I was seeing, but at the same time, it plays very true to the original. So hopefully that doesn't give away too much. So, yeah, I guess that's my kind of review of the film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, um, I was very, like, unenamored with the beginning. I felt like a lot of the setup, like, I'm Heather's brother. I think that's her. We need to, like, there was a lot of, like, exposition set up that was very forced and didn't feel natural. I hated the fact that they were wearing their cameras in an entire nightclub scene. That made no sense whatsoever. I wish it would have just been, like, oh. Um, I just, I wish we would have had more time in the woods and less time setting up these characters and their relationships because I didn't really buy it. I didn't need everyone to be romantically involved with each other. I thought that was silly. But once it gets to the woods, it starts getting better. There's a lot of really cool um, things that they introduce that I never would have thought of otherwise. And reading like um, reading theories that people have on the internet has definitely made me come around more. I think the, the funniest thing is um, two of my friends, well, my boyfriend's friends, but I mean, I, I know them. They were like, oh, we saw it. We hated it. It was so dumb. And I'm such a big fan of the original, but man, the last like half of the movie was nothing but somebody running, running around the woods, screaming for somebody else, like screaming their name. And I was like, you mean like the first one that you're such a big fan of? I mean, that's like, you can't hate one movie for something that the other one did exactly and then say oh i love that one but not this one <laughs> yeah you know i i can understand not liking the new one you know everyone's kind of entitled their to their own opinion they're close yeah. enough in story and in tone i mean granted you know they're they look completely different just because you know a lot has changed in 17 years but they're they're close That's one of the words. Well, that's that? one of the worst criticisms. Oh, I was about to say that's just that's one of the worst like criticisms I've seen of the new movie. Is they're like the woods look nothing like the original. <laughs> the woods, the woods. But that's sinking. Um, the trees didn't look the same for them. They didn't like the movie because I mean that's just stretching now. <laughs> Well, and like, of course, a wooded landscape can't change in 17 years, and especially 17 years going from, you know, 
a TV camera to high def from black and white to color. Uh, and I mean, there's even, well, and you we know, don't there's even those know, like, lines. We yeah, don't even, we don't know, even like, know which part of the room we're looking like, at. We don't even know, like, if they're in the same area or if, like, if it's the same, like, month. I mean, they could be there in, like, the end of summer, like, early fall. Like, I mean, this is just, now we're just reaching for reasons to hate the movie. And come on, guys, you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do agree with you. I think the kind of nightclub scene, I don't think it was really necessary. Um there is a couple in this that I really like, and they're kind of like the YouTube couple. They're kind of the antagonists behind this because we really don't know. I mean, they're kind of along for the ride because, oh, there's a new tape that was found. And they're very interesting. And I kind of actually wanted more about them. I, uh, they kind of meet them at their apartment, and they kind of know all of this kind of folklore about it. And I, I, I wouldn't have minded if we would have kind of got a little bit more about, oh, well, why are they so interested in this? And, you know, what, what kind of impact had this had?